Welcome to the Not Your Average My podcast, where four Hmong American women working to move our community forward one conversation at a time will provide a raw, fun, and not-so-average perspectives on important everyday issues. So tune in every month with Liz, Mania, Monica, and Katie. Let's get started. So... Today, ladies, um, you know, after much discussion and deliberation, we're going to be talking about a topic that's really important to us and I think really important to a lot of, um, you know, Hmong women and men in the Hmong community, which is the Hmong bird price. And I think of all the topics that we've discussed, this one is one that will never go away, right? And and it relates a lot to, to how women are treated and um, just, you know, how women are perceived in the Hmong community. And so we wanted to take today's time to discuss a little bit about, you know, why it's relevant to us, um, how it relates to the Not Your Average Mind mission, and also, you know, just discuss the implications, if there are any, of having a bride price in a modern society and, you know, what our personal take and experiences are um, in relation to the bride price. So, yeah, let's dive in, y'all. I, I even, I think there's... A lot to discuss, and we have really little time and limited internet. So, um, <laughs> I am gonna try my best, to, yeah, to to get through this. Yeah, I think personally for me, you know, again, we just want to give a disclaimer that these are our views. Um, you know, we don't speak for the monk community, obviously, but we hope that folks, you know, keep an open mind and hear us out on what our, um, you know, perspectives are today and. We'll just be able to, you know, dispel some myths, tell our truth, right? And really just explore how to move forward with or without having a bride price in a modern society and how that affects or impacts women. And so let's maybe start off, um, what is the value of a bride price in a modern society where men and women are supposed to be equal, <clears throat> right? Or or it, it, maybe before we even start that, what someone can talk a little bit about the history and origin of the bride price and why it exists. Well, so I don't think any of us are necessarily experts, right? But we're all daughters and we've, you know, heard our mothers, aunties, you know, saying things our whole lives. Um, Wait, so, so how do you perceive the bride price then? Because I think everyone's yeah. experience is different. Yes. I don't see yes. a value in the bride price, which I can discuss in a little bit. But um, like, what's a, what's your understanding of the bride price? Yeah, and I think that's a good way to frame it. I mean, so I've always understood the bride price as um, – compensation for your labor, right? Like, and then when you think Mm -hmm. about it, right, like, um, just also as an anthropologist, I've always told folks, like, the reason why Hmong families have big families is because they needed the labor to do, like, to work on the the garden and, Mm -hmm. you know, the farm or whatever, right? What they, right? So the bigger family you have, like, the more people you have to help you with your harvest, whatever. Mm -hmm. And when a a woman, you know, gets married, whether by force or voluntarily, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, her parents lose her value. And in, you know, many ways, right, like, the Hmong women are some of the most industrious, hardworking people, right? You know, you wake up before dawn to, um, you know, cook breakfast for your family. And then you know, after you cook breakfast, you go out, maybe carry water or you go to the garden, right? So they are like incredibly, incredibly important, right? Um, and when you leave your family, they lose that, right? True. True. All of the inputs they've put into you, like, you know, forever. And so- in many ways, it's not. I guess they're they're paying for you in a way because they're your family's they're, losing you, your family's losing your economic value, your, right? Yes. And, and in like a developing country like Laos, Thailand, you know, or wherever else, like it's that's really yeah, the, important. Yeah. This so is what it, it's called the right? The the quote price for milk and care is that that's what you're refer- mm-hmm. referencing with. Yes, but it's also just a very economic well, concept. I, it, it is. And well, for me, I think that for my parents, they always um, framed it similar, but also kind of differently for us, right? Like they were never like, oh, we're selling you mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you get married. And like this bride price is, is really uh, symbolic of the union of two different mom families coming together, right? So yeah, sure. I think my yeah. mom always made sure that we understood that. But even though she gave us an understanding. I, I still don't think there's value in it. Um, Katie, I don't know. Yeah, if you have a different uh, per- perception of what the bride price means to you and your family. As the only person who's ever been a bride. <laughs> among yeah, bride. the only one married among 14 us. 14 years of marriage, <laughs> yes. Actually, I had this conversation with my dad um, this summer because I was curious myself. And uh, my dad was a Mekong for quite a long time in his life. 
And, uh, you know, I asked him about the bride price and he said that, you know, the original origin of it wasn't like a bad intent. You know, people uh, put money value to their dollars so that other people can value mm -hmm. them because in such a poor country like that, people don't value anything unless it's money. And um, that was the original intent. You know, it wasn't for greed or it wasn't to sell someone yeah. off, but it was also because these children are precious yeah. to them. I mean, you labor and you carry a child and you love them. So when you send them off, you want to make sure that these people know that they have some kind of value. And back then, you know, being such a poor country, the only thing that holds value yeah. is money. And that's why, you know, I mean, um, or cows or child, um, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah. or Kyonya and stuff like that. So, I mean, that was the original intent. I mean, it was a good thing, um, you know, but then, you know, as things evolve, things change. And yes, I personally did have a bride price, but um, like I said, I feel that it's more mm -hmm. of a symbolic gesture. I have never been like held accountable to my bride price or it has never been mentioned again ever mm -hmm. since um, my ceremony um, mm -hmm. has never been brought up ever again. Like even on my parents, on um, when I got married, my dad already... Um, sat me down before I got married because me and my husband, we've been in a, we were dating for quite a while too. And he said that, uh, when you married, I'm going to make your wedding easy. Um, uh, this is right when around like when the 18 clans, um, in, in when they voted for the um, new, um, the new resolution and that the, the, the limit maximum would be yeah. set at five G's. Yes. Right. Yes, that was right around that same time. And my dad was like, we'll just set with a 5000 not because you're not valued more than that. He mm -hmm. pulled me aside and said that you were valued so much more, but we definitely love our future son-in-law and we want to make this union as easy as possible. And this is just yeah. more of a ceremonial thing. You know, it's not because we want money or anything like that. So, so, right so yeah, so I have a question. Uh, so my parents... Uh, definitely feel the same way, right? So when my sister got married, they just did like the GVP, the General Vein Pal standard, which mm -hmm. was around 5,000 or something. Mm -hmm. So at your wedding, did, did you hear people ask you or did you hear people talk about the bride price where they would ask, oh, how much did he pay for you? Because, so I bring this up. So this mm -hmm. is why I'm like, fuck the bride price, <laughs> get rid of it. Anyway, um, I, I bring this up because at the very limited mall weddings that I've been at, you see people asking about this, not maybe not to the bride, but to me or to other people. And, and they'll be like, oh, how much did he pay for her? Like, she it's, has a college yeah, degree. She has blah, blah, blah. Like, have, she shouldn't. It's they, a conversation. They, uh, they should be paying more than five have. have. Yes. So that to me, I'm like, what the actual but, fuck? Okay, so, I mean, but. He, well, like, I don't know. I think it also revolves around your circle, too. Yes. Because, like, even in, like, now, like, I don't know. I'm not trying to say that St. Paul is more progressive or anything. We are, I think, many years ahead. Just my be relatively. <laughs> Sorry. We're Sorry. Well, like, uh, well, like, I'm not saying that, but like, I honestly, I, I do hear that here and there, but not so much, not anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like because it's, I mean, because ever since that standard, everybody's like, oh, five thousand is mm -hmm. fine. You know, I mean, maybe some people are like, oh shit, that girl was twenty thousand, but that's very rare now. Mm -hmm. Or like maybe that's yeah. like more like an overseas thing where it's not as controlled. But now I don't think that it's either whether you want it or you don't, or if you want like an American wedding mm -hmm. or like a home wedding, that is more of like the issue. But like I've never like really be like, oh, she was only worth five thousand or you, did you guys pay more for her because she has a college degree or something like that. But that's not really relevant. In yes. 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 Like so I want to well, hold on. Wait, go back yeah. to what my name was saying though. Cause I think it, it shows that, right. Obviously like Hmong culture is not stagnant, right. right? Like what, what we've just talked about here, but also like the way we think about things in our community or in our immediate circles could also be like, you know, a, um, uh, for lack of a better word, right? Like a, a misinterpretation, right? Or like a perversion of like what it actually is, right? So like what Katie was saying with, with her dad, like, mm -hmm. oh, like, you know, this is supposed to be a respectful, symbolic mm -hmm. gesture. It's but, but some people no, hear like mis I, I, they, they miss they misthink they I agree um, with it, but I think people abuse abuse this well, right. so they abuse, abuse it, it right? Or, like or this like, system, this ritual. People abuse it and then or you talk about it in a very crude way also, right? Because you know yes. you have that auntie with the bad mouth who's like says shit and like she's just like disrespectful, yeah. right? Monica, um, what were you going to um, say? I, I appreciate everyone's uh, commentary, but <laughs> I, I was just going to chime in, um, you know, when Liz and, and Katie were, were going through the origins of it, right? And like why this 
quote unquote bribe price exists. And, and, and to your point, Minya, I, I want to tell you, just, you know, let's, let's definitely go back to that um, in my next, my next question. But mm-hmm. basically, um, like Katie's experiences are, are valid and, and true, right? And to herself and same with Liz. And like, um, if anyone wants to, you know, learn more about it, like there are actual like reading material, text material, scholarly material, whatever you want to call it online. All of that. And um, mm-hmm. I want to, I'm referencing my name Mo's book because she gives a really succinct background description on what the bride price is in her memoir, um, actually called The Bride Price Among Wedding Story. And on, on page nine, right, she says, the elders say the bride price is a promise that the groom and his family will love and care for the bride and will not abandon or abuse her, mm-hmm. right? And this is relevant to what you just said, Minya, right? Since they have invested good money in the bride, she is valuable and they will take good care of her which is what Katie essentially was saying, right? If the groom's family pays the requested bride price, it means they want the bride in their family. So I think this is obviously is like what Katie was saying, the origins of the bride price, why it existed, right? But going back to what I first asked, right? Like, has this changed, you know, now that, you know, we're in like modern society and what is the value of having it now, and, and I think this is a good segue into our, our next discussion part, right? Like, what are the implications now? Because obviously, like what Liz and Katie said, no one family, I think, has practiced the this cultural practice of having the 5,000 uh, bride price uh, the same way. I think we've practiced in very similar ways, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is obviously where, you know, we, we've generalized our, our perspectives and our experiences from it. But now, given our experiences and what we do know, what are the implications of a bride price? Really, how does it affect Hmong women today, and 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 how has it affected Hmong women in the past? Because obviously, you know, our experiences inform you know what we know today. So, a few things to unpack for me. I completely understand the history, the context of why the bride price existed. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I completely understand that. But I do want to point out that in reality, we do have to note that some people or families have abused the bride price and have used that as a tool to control, you know, what women should be doing, what their daughter-in-law should be doing, um, really controlling the boundaries of what they can and cannot do within that marriage, Um, especially in a patriarchal society. And and we I'm sure we all know women in our families who've endured really hard marriages. Yeah. And like, you know, more power to the people who, um, who had like great wedding ceremonies, right? But we do know, we do know mom women who have had horrible wedding ceremonies. And I know that like the bride price is only one aspect of the wedding ceremony. But when you think about it, like, do you think that women have voices during their wedding ceremonies? I really don't think so. Um, And I I feel like the bride price is so fundamentally um, about the worth that is placed on a woman when she gets married. So for me personally, I will not have a bride price. I will have to fight against my parents for you know, against that for sure. Um, it's going to be a battle. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> but so personally, I am not going to shame somebody for having a bride price, for wanting a bride price. If you are well informed about the decision that you're making, for me, I will choose to not have a bride price. But I, like, I will not want somebody to have that control over me. And, you know, through my research on dem- domestic violence, like I've seen that used as, as, a, as a tool to control what women can and cannot do, right? So like I interviewed somebody and that person, right. she came from, a very Americanized family for her. She said that her and her brothers were taught to share responsibilities, share household responsibilities. But when she married into a very traditional Hmong family, she basically felt like she was a servant to their family. Like she had to cook and clean for them um, while she was pregnant, going to school. She was the last one to eat. They really used this bride price against her. They're like, oh, we pay $6,500 for you. So, um, that was a way to justify how they treated her, right? So for me, I I, I know that it doesn't happen to every mom family. Like, I'm not going to gen- generalize that, right. but we do have to admit that in a patriarchal society, people find ways to uh, to abuse our, you know, certain practices and use them against women to control what they can and cannot do. So personally, I'm not going to have a bride price um, and have somebody hold that power over me, but I have been asked I have been like I have been asked these questions, which I think are just so rude. But so you know, some friends are like, yeah. "Oh, so you're just gonna let your you know your partner um, marry you for free?" Or they'll be like, "Oh, if she 
if her parents are giving her to you for free, don't take it. It's a trap. So again, I'm like, what the actual fuck, people? For people who defend the bright price, right? I'm like, why is it that you're still putting a monetary value on a woman, whether she has the bright price or not? Like, there is still that monetary value that is placed on the woman. So I want to end that conversation or not even allow the conversation to happen at my wedding. So for me, like, that's my way of resisting patriarchy in our community by not by choosing to not have a bright price. So there's a lot. Mania bought the fire today. (laughs) I think, well, I also think that like when you said that uh, it can be a tool, but I think there's many other things that can be a tool and the bright price isn't like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like whether you take that away or not, if those people are going to be like that with that kind of mindset, they're going to be like that. So it's sort of like when your parents are like, oh, make sure you know who yeah. you marry and you make sure you like their family. And that also plays a value in all of that. If yeah. you're just a sure, shitty like, family, like, maybe you felt sad, right? Because again, you're perverting the culture, right? Yeah. Right? yeah. And like, it's like, you know, I, I don't I don't feel that like the bar price is the thing to blame because fuck that shit. American society carries that anyways. When they talk about engagement rings, I mean, like, fuck that shit. Those engagement rings run from, like, more than fucking 5Gs to fucking 10Gs. Yeah. Like, or, some of them told me that they're G. I know every woman and wants so a diamond ring. So, so, so it's like, don't tell me that it's a Hmong culture thing where we have a bride price. I'm like, fuck that shit. Check yourself. You're probably want an engagement yeah. ring. Yeah. Not you personally, but I'm saying all these people out there. So it's sort of like, it's a symbolic gesture and so, like, you can't just like be like, "Oh, this is gonna, pre- uh, this is gonna provoke someone to abuse you." No, that person's mm-hmm. fucked up to begin with. So your ass should have fucking checked that person before marrying them, you know, and right. their fucking family. And if you don't want to be with yeah, their family, wait, why don't you fucking live with them? Well, I don't know. Like, okay, in that, in that, that, exactly. I, I'm well, not doing like a conscious thing with this. Man. Well, first of all, like, we can't. Yeah, we need to stop victim blaming. No, so, but I'm so like, but like, yeah, why is her husband yeah. not standing up for her? No, yeah, no, I get that, but we need to blame the victim. Regardless, okay. That's my first point. And yep, the second of all, um, I'm not I'm not making a causation um, relationship here, okay? I, I'm making a correlation, correlation. where, you a know, for the yeah. woman I did interview, like the one who mentioned this bright price, it's it's not that the bright price caused her to be a victim of domestic violence. No, it was used as a way to justify mm-hmm. why she was, was abused, right? Or continued to be abused. They used it as leverage yes. against okay, her. So yes. Again, so. like... The white price is only a subset of our patriarchal community that controls women. In my perspective, there are, I agree with you, Katie, there are so many more ways. And I know that it's so important to choose a good partner, right? But then we can't continue the shaming and victim blaming of women who find themselves in domestic violence, uh, you know, uh, de- uh, like abusive relationships. Well, I, I think, think anyone's shaming. No, but then I, I feel like I'm when right. you said, well, why is she still with this guy? Obviously, like, like, how do you escape an abusive relationship? That's another conversation. Sorry, so, I meant to say, like, again, yeah. right, like, why? Not so much that why he's still with them, but, like. How did this happen? <laughs> no, like, <laughs> right, like, why isn't he standing up for yeah, her? No, it's okay, more like true. that action, like, why is your husband? <laughs> no, 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 that is very true, like, but. Like, I mean, which is not to so, say yeah. that, like, oh, it's your fault, okay. right? I think this would help. Wow. Let, let's back up a little bit. Thank <laughs> y'all for your, no, this is, this you is know, good combo. very passionate. But, yeah, but- yes, it's good, good conversations. Like very, very much appreciative of the passion here. Let's back up a minute. Why don't we first define or talk about what is patriarchy? What does that mean? And what does that look like in the monk culture? And I, I guess in this this context, is the bride price um does that mean, or is patriarchy, is the bride price rooted in patriarchy? Let me ask that. And, but because I, I hear what Katie's saying and I totally agree, um, you know, in your comparison to like a bride price to, you know, engagement rings, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, and, um, you know, it's not just the Hmong culture that does this, right? Like we can't just blame or, or just, you know, pinpoint and say only the Hmong culture does this because that's not, that's not true. Right. And to my, yeah, your point, I also, I also agree. Right. Like I think if there is anything that any person can use as leverage or as a tool of domestic violence, it is fucked up and it should be eliminated. But before we get into all that. All right. Let what me is define people? it. What is it mean? Wait, 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 two things though. I, I feel like I would frame it differently because our culture in general is rooted in patriarchy. It's yes. not just wedding customs. It's not just right? wedding like, Okay, okay. So, so let me define it. Thank you. For- <laughs> there are many definitions out there, but this is by the Asian Pacific Institute for on gender-based violence. It's an AAPI org that I 
completely respect. I use some of their data when I was doing my research, but um, their definition is patriarchy is about the social relations of power between men and women, women and women, Mm -hmm. and men and men. It is a system for maintaining Mm -hmm. class, gender, racial, and heterosexual privilege and the status quo of power, relying both on crude forms of oppression like violence and subtle ones like laws to perpetuate inequality. So I just wanted to note that in this definition, like patriarchy can be between men and men, uh, men and women, Mm -hmm. or women and women. So in our community, though, how I see patriarchy. Yeah, what does patriarchy, yeah, yeah, what does it look like? You know, the power dynamics between men and women. Well, and then, well, in the case study from your paper is also, right, like how the in-laws treat their daughter-in-law, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's very much your mother-in-law, like, instituting these exactly. patriarchal customs. Yeah. But, I I mean, so there's a lot of that. I think. So then I guess, yeah, to my question then, right, what does patriarchy look like in the Hmong culture? We can talk about how it mm-hmm. was back then, but to, like, the progression to where it is now, I don't, I, I mean, everyone's di- uh, experience is different, but I definitely know that mine is mm-hmm. 100% yeah. different from my sister's marriage. Like, you know, like, it's like, like it's day and night, even though we're from the same generation, same mm-hmm. family, her marriage compared to mine, or like even the whole process is different. And even like the same people who married us completely changed wow. their views and their values. So it's sort of like, so it's sort of like, yes, it might've been like that, but I can see the progression and I can see day and night. I mean, like I seriously, mm-hmm. our marriages was black and white. Mm-hmm. Like that's how different it was. And that's what I'm sort of like, you know, I think it definitely involved in, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, I think over time things are definitely going to change. So I can't like, you know, I mean, everything needs time. Things might've been set like that, but as more knowledge and more content, as more, as people grow and so their I voices ask grow, my things Nia, are willing to change um, and are going so to change. Katie, I, I totally hear that. That and and I I, th- I do agree. Uh, but go ahead, go ahead, Liz. So these days there are some um, women Mekong. Like so, I, I I see where you're like, oh, like all these men are making this decision for like you know this this woman and her partner. Like, would you be okay for my price if, if it was negotiated with like you know women Mekong? Like or you know right like because you seem to be really driven by you know just these guys making this decision, mm-hmm. right? I mean, is is. I- if, if there was women at the table or if like you could help negotiate your bride price as part of it, like, well, would you be okay with that? that's a good question, but I would negotiate my bride price to zero, like not having a bride price. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, well, like, well, okay, like, okay, so like for someone who was married and like, even though I had a bride price, you know, our, our difference was that my husband fronted the money yeah, himself true. and he said, this yeah. is what I'm going to pay. And this is, and I'm going to front it myself. So there isn't all this clan behind me claiming this is their, wise or their material too he's like i married mm-hmm. you you belong to me as i belong to you and i guess you know i mean we were only 18 and 19 at that damn we good on me and we i mean yes definitely and that's what i'm saying like um you know i like i said i know this bride price is very controversial but i know from my own personal experience <laughs> we both we both are strong individuals and we both i mean like i love my husband because he's willing to stand up yeah for right. that's awesome and like, you know, and, and I myself, I don't care what, I mean, it's not that I don't care what people think, but I'm very respectable, but yet I'm not going to lose myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I know he's yeah. not going to lose himself either. And I think that's the progression that I see that's happening. So even in, even if we do or don't have a bride price, I think it's what you make yeah. of it. that makes. So Katie, I, I do really appreciate you sharing your experience because that's one of the, the positive experiences that, mm-hmm. that, that our community does need to yeah. see and need to celebrate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I like, I agree with it. And obviously I wish every Everyone will have a good Experience. marriage, where, a healthy marriage where not only the, the partner, uh, but also the family respects that person, regardless of how much they, quote unquote, um, gave, you know, gave for the bride price during the ceremony, right? Like, uh, and, I, I, and I'm all for women making well-informed decisions on the bride price, whether they want that or not. I'm not going to shame you, but don't shame me for not wanting a bride price, okay? Yeah. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's, um, some of the sentiments that I've heard when I tell people that I don't want a bride price, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. so, you, you know, you're going to, he's going to get to marry for free, right? Can I ask you um, who, who is saying this to you? And then you tell them to yeah. fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> right? I'm like, is, uh, it, is it your uh, auntie's, like, the ones you don't like, right? 
not like, just people. I'm not gonna name names, okay. but um, and, and then yeah, but I mean that's where you make your stand. And you're just like, yeah, hey, I don't need one because I don't need this fucking money value to find me. Yeah, and I'm more, I'm worth more than that. No, so that's it, why I don't. No, exactly, it is like, true. But then it's and maybe it's like California folks. I don't know. Like, really, like I think. For me, so that it, yes, like I'm using those opportunities to, um, as teachable moments, to really mm-hmm. talk about the bright price and changing the conversations about the bright price mm-hmm. and what that means for how I see it, regardless of how they see it. So, of course, I use those as teachable moments. But um, so I wanted to bring this uh, back about domestic violence because in 2015, there was a murder suicide in Fresno. Okay. And um, you know, a Hmong man killed his ex-wife and then killed himself, and they left seven kids behind. Um, and ABC News reported on this, and obviously, it was kind of problematic about how they reported this. But then, out of oh, this, um, out of this uh, murder suicide, Hmong folks were angry about how ABC News portrayed the story, and they started this "quote unquote" hashtag "not sold" movement. So, in the report or in the news article, ABC News shared that share that, you know, do, uh, core documents stated that the woman was sold into the marriage went by her parents yeah. to her ex-husband, which yeah. was 12, for a bride price of $3,000. And again, this happened in 1993, so definitely things have changed, right? right. Yeah. Um, and she... Yeah, that's a, I get white people reporting cheating yeah. things. Yeah, so she annulled the marriage in, when she was tw- in her 20s, yeah. and then he obviously killed her. The murder-suicide happened when she was 30-something. So... Um, Obviously, mom folks were pissed about this, and they started this clinical hashtag, not sold movement. So a lot of things to unpack from this, right? Like, yes, it's very problematic about how white people or the news portray immigrant communities. Yeah, Hmong American folks. Like, we we can pick up examples from, like, Gran Torino or different um, uh, examples from, like, coining and people thinking that that's child abuse, right? Like, for sure, I know that that's a real issue that we need to unpack, but then... Also, I feel like when they started this hashtag not so movement, they took away the importance of this yes. piece, which was that yes. domestic violence is a fucking real issue in our community yes. Yes. and murder suicides are fucking Or they made it about this quote this poor journalism that and they wanted to defend yeah. well, the quote and unquote, they're like, oh, I, Yeah, and they're like, Oh, I wasn't sewed, okay? Like and I completely understand that, but how are we going to invalidate a Hmong woman's experience because she felt that way? She was freaking 12, and she was forced to marry this guy who was 10 years older than her, so cool. maybe she and felt like her parents her. betrayed her. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and I think, right, as I think when you when when she probably said that in the court documents, uh-huh. it was like out of anger, right? Yes. Like my parents sold me when I was fucking 12, which is awful. But right, I remember seeing this campaign. I was like, what the hell? Like, I have mixed feelings because – you know, obviously it just ameliorated like this whole thing that this woman died because, you know, like her parents forced her to get married. Mm-hmm. But no, this see, woman I think was killed. Let's make, make that distinction. Well, yes, she was killed. But so we have to make distinctions where like, yes, like her parents forced her to get married. You know, some people like they force their daughter to get married because they want that money. Right. Or some people force their daughter to get married because they're pregnant. Right. Like they're they're kind of like separate actions right and so i just want to make mm-hmm. sure that we we also separate i think we but, just need to stop the force marriages yes. first and then the yeah. bride price separately right i know yes. that they're kind of go yeah. one and one together because it's part of like our mm-hmm. culture thing but the biggest problems with all these freaking like fail marriages is because they start out for and the you know? women it's are sort of like, very very young they're 10 years younger than um their yeah, partners. Right. <laughs> but but even if the, if it's not forced though right like when we were preparing for this episode and I was doing my research, I totally agree with you, Katie, but like also I found so many articles and stories about all of the murder suicides in the Hmong community. Cause there was just a murder suicide in St. Paul, just I think last weekend, weekend yeah. ago, right. And I, I, I don't know the story or the, you know, the, the origin of the couple, but there are also abusive relationships where both partners were consensual. Right. Uh, so it's not just like, you know, mm-hmm. forced marriages or forced relationships or unwanted pregnancies or, or, or you know, whatever. It's it, it, all of yeah, it, right? But, yeah, my thing is just that, like, domestic violence is a real subject and it should be talked about itself, but the bride price is also something mm-hmm. that can relate to it, can be used as leverage, but it doesn't mean that be, having or not having one is going to cause domestic violence or is going to happen all the time. I mean, these are things, these are, like, internal traumas and things that we need to unpack in the Hmong community 
that maybe doesn't even relate mm-hmm. to the buy price. I just yeah, I don't think I don't think we're making that claim though. Ever. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm not making that claim for sure. I just feel like there's a correlation for women who do go through that experience of being abused. Like it's used as leverage to continue to abuse them. So I'm just saying, like in this case, like this poor girl, she was 12 at that time. Yes, this happened in the 90s, and I completely agree with you in that, Katie, and that things have changed, and you know this isn't happening all the time anymore. But I I've seen it happen still. Uh, but going back to one of the points, like I, I, I completely agree. The bride price is only a subset of our patriarchal community, right? And there are so many things larger than the bride price. Like there are expectations that our community members hold on women, whether that is to have kids or not, right? Um, or to be like the perfect moms, the perfect daughters and daughter-in-laws. But before we move on, uh-huh. I just wanted to go back to this not sold thing. Like, I mean, I think, again, they ignored that this woman was killed, but also- yes. There's a distinction, right? When you talk about the li mean li, what what was it, Monica? Li no. what? Li right? So that is like a putting a value on your parents' labor, right? And it's not putting a value on the girl. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So like, I mm. think again, mm. Hmong folks like pervert, you know, have been perverting this this concept, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not yeah. it's not like, oh, like you are so great, you have a bachelor's degree, you should be worth thirty thousand, mm-hmm. right? It's more like your parents took care of you well and mm-hmm. like you know, we respect you, right? And that's why also the not sold movement, which is trying to defend Hmong culture or whatever, yeah. like also got it wrong, right? Yeah. When they were trying to defend yeah, yeah, the culture. Because yeah, it's not Yes, I agree. That's not the I agree. Point, right? I'm just gonna go ahead and step that in. That was the reason why my husband decided to pay the bride price was because he wanted yeah. to honor my parents. He go, I love your parents. I respect them. And if this is the least amount of respect that I can show them that I'm, I will do it. If this is what they ask, you know, then I would do it. Not because, you know, I believe you're worth that, but if, I mean, if it's just to give back for anything that they have done for you, for us, right. then this yeah. is most Which is great, but thing it's, I, uh, sorry, sorry, you you no, I was just going to say, okay, I'm going to, after I say this, I'm going to move on, but <laughs> So from this Nostone movement, hashtag Nostone movement, somebody seriously wrote, um, held a sign and wrote like, hashtag Nostone, Honda Civic, 5K, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the actual fuck? Did you really need to list that like you were given a Honda Civic? Oh, also, okay. <laughs> as part of the as a correction, that's wrong. Yes. That's your dowry when like you are gifted things as part of your um your wedding this is also why like again like young Hmong folks misunderstanding things also like because of the war and disruption a lot of like you know even our aunties uncles misunderstand our fucking culture because they never had the time and the pleasure to learn it right culture practice both we do a dowry. Do you want to explain the difference, Katie? So, or like, that's well, why yeah, Katie, <laughs> go ahead. You're the only one who's ever been married. I'll confirm or deny. Um, I can, well, like, more so the bride price comes from the groom to the bride's family. And then the dowry here in our culture comes from the bride's family. All the gifts that she's received, right? And all the monies that the family is. Yes. So it takes on to, yes, so it takes on to mm-hmm. her new life. It's not to his family, but it's for her to start her new life mm-hmm. with. It's their family sending love. Right. Okay, well, let me say this. I think when the woman or when everyone wanted to jump on this, you know, hashtag not sold movement, like, obviously, people were offended, right? Because I think, you know, if I was, if I was someone who got married and had the bride price, yeah, I think I would have been a little offended, too, because it was something that probably I felt really proud of and empowered Mm -hmm. by, right? And I think that's what these people felt. So obviously, you know, not trying to take anyone's you know, empowerment away because that that's their experience and that's what they own. But to the flip side, then, um, you know, of this idea of having a bride price and like the value of your parents, like what happens then when parents don't give you away for $5,000 and they did give you away for free, right? Like are women then less valuable? Or are they less of a good daughter? Because I have seen in, you know, in our immediate family, right? Our uncle gave away his eldest daughter because he felt like he couldn't put a price on her and also because her husband that she was marrying didn't, well, he didn't really have, have parents. He was an orphan. Money, right? I mean, he, that's he, was an orphan. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't have parents. So. But see that, that it was the yeah. meaning behind that gesture that should be seen, not the price. Right. I mean, if you can, do, if you can justify why or why not, then see, that's my thing. It's that like people blow this bride price mm-hmm. out of proportion yeah. when it's just a small part of the ceremony mm-hmm. and it's such a small like I can honestly tell you, I have never talked about my bride price ever since it was set and done and over with. I have yeah, never. Awesome. Wait, I wanted to ask. Do people never held to it? My husband never held to it. 
And again, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just feel that people are blowing this broadcast out of proportion. We should really be talking Snapped. about how men treat women and how it should be that is true. equal but, and corrected. Yes, and but is is it so small? I guess my follow-up question to that, though, Katie, is it so small, though, if it affects how women are treated, though, if, if it could be used as leverage, right? Is it so small then? Because to me, if anyone, in-laws, husband, whatever or not, can leverage and use this quote unquote bride price against me. Isn't that a big deal then? Like, isn't that something worth? Yeah, definitely. But see, like, why can't we dig deeper? And then there's the bride price. We yeah, are digging into like the thinking, yeah, right. the teaching of how a man yeah, should. No, absolutely. A woman. So yeah. it's like, and so like, that's it why it's like we're just scratching right. the surface. It because is. This is such a small. But thing. this is the we beginning of it, though, right? The problem like the bride price is is the surface, and I I feel like if we can scratch off and eliminate the bride price, then maybe what? we could. Have some progress. At least that's how I feel. But that is like because like it's like it's also how you frame it, and it's also how you think about the bride price. And I'm just like I don't feel the bride price mm-hmm. being something that holds me down. I've never let it hold hold me down. Yeah. So it's sort of like Which is I, I can't I can't see it. I mean, exactly. And I, I know that it's a it's a problem for other people and it's a problem. It could be a problem for other people. And if so, then, you know, mm-hmm. yes, it needs to be changed. But I just know that my personal experience with it has never yeah. been bad. Nor I mean, I mean, for my mm-hmm. for like I said, I mean, me and my sister, we had a black and white wedding. I mean, mine was great and stuff like that. It was a lot more progressive because it was sort of like I was just like, hey, I'm going to do what I want right. anyways. And that's just sort of. And I guess life. my question then, you know, if life. if I could sit you and your sister down together, do you think your sister would feel different about her bride price right, and about how her wedding went? I Well, yes, yeah, because first of all, she was forced to be married to someone who she didn't even know or who yeah. she was to be married. And that's my thing. The, culture. the bride price didn't set it that. Was, it was yeah. just the shitty culture that set that shit. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like we, whether you have the bride price or not, it's not going to make a difference to me. Hey, more power to you if you want it. If you don't want it, that's cool. But if you really want to make these changes, then you need to correct the whole culture. You need to see mm. sit these people down and talk to them yeah. and be like, hey, yeah. this is not how we're going to treat our daughters. This is not how this shit's going to happen. And don't yeah. let the bride price define who they are. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm just like, I know that you guys are scratching the surface and where this is like a good well, starting yeah. point. But my thing is that I kind of wanted to go back to our cousin's wedding because hers was a little different too because she was um you know she was marrying a christian man right and um, again like going to cousin i don't know if the if if it mattered to them to kind of like carry out the wedding traditions as traditionally because i don't know what's happening to her soul because like a big part of the Hmong wedding right is also transferring your soul um, from your family to your husband's family yes thank you monica just wanted to make that clear (laughs) I was going to make that clear too. Um, right. But that that's also part of the process. And I don't know if it mattered less to them because they had, you know, become acculturated mm. and also because like he was Christian. Right. And I think this is um, kind of what my name Ma talks about a little bit. She's like, well, we're Christian. Like I just never understood like where that plays in. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so to me though, that's also a sign that like culture can change. Right. And you don't have to be so regimented, um, you know, and it, it's just kind of like what works for your, your family. I don't know. There's so much to, so much to talk about because I mean, n- all, all, all marriages are not equal, right? And they're not. They're the same. not. Yeah. I think our concern mm-hmm. is like what happens maybe when like you know in the worst possible situation when you are young, underage, and you're forced into a marriage, and you, you know you feel like you have no power, and you know there's this patriarchal system mm-hmm. where you know th- which your in laws like you know exploit, right? Like you know, what happens then, right? What is the, the worst case scenario? I mean, and right? this is why we have to resist against patriarchy, right? And Katie, like, agree with you and that the bride price is only a subset of our patriarchal community <laughs> that tries to define what women should and should not right. do. So whether we, right, like, go ahead, Minya. So, I mean, so I was just going to compare, okay, I watched um, The Handmaid's Tale and, mm. you know, when I think about the, uh, Gilead, which is this country that they created in the Handmaid's Tale, it's kind of similar to the mom community, like a super extremist in some ways, right? But I do want to point out that like what it may seem like men are the ones who are creating these systems, but women also play a role in enforcing mm-hmm. them, whether that's happening. Like we know that that's happening in our community, right? Um, so like in Gilead, the men hold the political power and they make these laws and decisions, but then it's the women who are also enforcing rape culture, um, not allowing their daughters mm-hmm. to learn how to read and write, not going to pursue uh, education, um, raising their daughters how to become wives um, when they're older, right? So so I know that this is so 
it's not fair to compare this to the Hmong community, but I'm only comparing it to the extremist parts of the Hmong community because we can see some parallels or some comparisons to the Hmong community where when domestic violence happens, the first question is asked, you know, what did you do to deserve to be abused? Like, what the mm-hmm. heck did you do, right? Like, the blame is on the mm-hmm. woman. And then... Another one is when a woman can't get pregnant and it's not her fault, who blames the woman? People. Like, people are like, oh, take this Hmong medicine so that you can have kids. And then my last example, I know this is super extreme, but it doesn't happen as often anymore, for sure. Like, I know that there's progression in our community. I do want to acknowledge that. But it still happens in certain areas of our community across the country where, you know, a, 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 a Hmong woman is quote unquote bride kidnapped and she's forced to marry mm-hmm. um, her partner. So for me, like not resisting patriarchy is forcing your daughter to marry that person when he um, bride kidnaps you. Resisting against patriarchy is telling your daughter, no, you have a choice. You don't have to marry him if you don't want to, right? And so I've seen that I see multiple things happening. So I do want to know that there are ways to resist against patriarchy. And for me, like that's not going to, you know, that's to not have a bride price. For other people, it's going to be other things. And there are so many different things that we can do to resist patriarchy. Not not just having a bride price or not. So let me pose that question then to Liz and Katie and and myself, right? Like how do, despite our patriarchal cultures and and practices and this bride price and other things, how do we resist patriarchy? So I was going to say, when you think about it, like you hear all these stories now about divorces and things and young people splitting up because this is the generation where people have come of age who were forced to get married in the Mm -hmm. 90s, right? Yeah. Um, mid, Mid to late 90s. And so- um, I think the question, a follow-up to what are you going to do to resist patriarchy is also like, how do we treat our daughters, right? Yeah. And, you know, who who are now in these situations, like if they, they got married when they were like, you know, 14, 15, um, and, and now they're of age and they're probably older, wiser, and trying to figure out, oh my gosh, like what do I do with my life now, mm-hmm. right? Because like I want something more. And I think what is promising, right, is there some elders who have – you know, come out and said, Hey, like maybe it's okay to get a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. If like you made a mistake when you were in yes. your teens, you got yes. pregnant and we forced you to get married. We are we accepting our mistakes by accepting yeah. them back, right? <laughs> right. As, as divorcees. Like, I think, I think that is also a good way for everybody in the community to, to be resisting like our patriarchal roots, right. To, yep. to accept your daughters back if they are unhappy in their marriages or if, if, if they're being abused, you know, like you, like, I've, I have, I know some folks and, you know, you, uh, there's, there's stuff on, you know, among social media now, you know, where folks oh, yeah. um, are saying, Hey, like we are taking our daughters back. Right. Yeah, like, didn't, isn't um, there a video that, and that also, just came out about that from elders? Yeah, so we'll, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll put that in, in our resources. Um, I think there are, you know, a bunch of elders now who are coming together doing that. That's but then amazing. also I want to go back to thinking about um, the funerals and the DV stuff, because um, again, like we are, we're kind of like in that age again, where all of these young women who were forced to get married um, are, you know, gaining their independence and their exes are not happy and they're, they're murdering them and killing them, you know, because they've, they've, they've divorced. Right. And so this has, this brought up a predicament in the community where it's like, who the hell is going to bury this woman and give her, her like funeral rights. Right. And so again, like, I mean, our community is slowly resisting patriarchy in a way being like, okay, well, like, you know, maybe some, some families are burying their daughter because they, they want them to like, have their final resting place, right? Well, fuck that shit. I don't care. I mean, I'm just like, if that was my child, <laughs> like that happened to me, I have no objection to taking my baby back. Right. And like, it's like, um, that's right, mama. You this is it. like the thinking that what? needs to be corrected. It's like, um, what the fuck is that shit? I mean, even if like, even if it was my sister and like, let's say, you know, God forbids that something like that happens to her mm-hmm. and no one's going to front it, shoot, even if I have to like set a GoFundMe or shoot mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. I would do it. It's like, it shouldn't be like a who's who. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you love this person, if something meant something to you, do something about it, you know? So so then that's how you're resisting but patriarchy, right, Katie? Turn. You're just... Well, like, if, well, no, no, no. How I would resist it, this is the beautiful thing. All the things that we don't like in the generations before us, we can change yes. that. Hell yes. Hell yes. We're writing our own history. We're writing our own futures. And you know how I'm going to resist is I'm going to raise strong... I have kids. I'm going to raise a strong daughter. I'm going to raise a loving son. I'm going to raise 
and teach them how to treat someone regardless of their gender. Yes. And, you know, treat them how they want to be treated. Love your spouse. Love your family. Love your brother. Love your sisters. These are family values that I beat into my kids' heads every day. You know, when they <laughs> Not literally, them. guys. Not literally. <laughs> Not literally. <laughs> just one of the No, I'm just kidding. But like, you just a light talk. These are things that we tell them every single day because it's like, you know, yeah. and, and that's one thing I do like about the home culture is that it, we're a collective whole. Yeah. And I feel that my family is. It's like, hey, Madison, you're the oldest. Stand up for your brother while you're at school. If anything ever happens, yeah. Paxton, that's your sister. Stand up for her if anybody ever bullies her. And that's how it should be. And that's how I'm resisting. And that's how I'm bringing up this generation is teaching yes. them all the things that we didn't know. Teach yes. yes. I feel that 1,000%. 1, 1, you you know, I don't know. I feel like... <laughs> oh, okay. What do you mean? No, no, I, I do know, right? I, I'm, I'm saying, I think I do it in big ways and small ways. And I think, like what Katie said, there are many ways to do it, right? Mania, for you, it's not having a bride price, and for me, you know. I think also it's, and other things as yeah, well. And other things, in this case, right? in this the right price. Yeah, <laughs> in this case, I think for me, it's not having the bride price, but because of how I've grown up, and I am a proud Hmong daughter, right? Like, and even if I don't have the bride price, I think I still want to have the, you know, the dinner, the the ceremony, the meal, whatever. Not the whole three day oh, thing, yeah, but like, sure. I still want to have that meal for my parents and for my family because I am a product of my immediate family and my extended family that helped raise me and my siblings. Cause we were like, my dad is the youngest of three brothers, right. Or four brothers. And so literally everyone, Katie, Liz, all of our cousins <laughs> had a hand in raising us. Right. Yes. So yes. I, I, I think for me, I owe it to them that much just to recognize them and to really just thank them. And this is what I'm envisioning. If, and whenever I do get married, like I would have this meal for them because I want them to know how much I appreciate and how grateful I am to have this family, right? But in in the context of the bride price, yeah, I I do hope though that they would respect and allow me to have my own agency if the negotiations need if the negotiations need to happen to let me negotiate, you know, my own quote unquote bride price or to not have it at all, right? And so do you do you feel like the pressure is the same because you're not with someone who's mom? Like, do you feel like that pressure to have a bright price is the same though? Yeah. And you know, that's a good question. I certainly Because I feel don't. like, I feel pressure to have yeah. a bright price because my partner is mom and that's going to be the official recognition of us getting married. Right. right? So I'm just kind of curious to hear from from your experience. I do Manya, think... Are you saying that you need us to be at your wedding table? Because we'll be... Like, yes, exactly. And, exactly. I'm trying to go back to Liz's question, right? I think regardless if the negotiator is male or female, like I want that agency, right? I want to have that own power because I want to set my own rules. Sort of just like how Matt paid his bride price on his own to you, Katie, right? Like my dad did that too, because he was the youngest. His family didn't really have a lot of money. So he worked and raised his own money so he could pay for my mom because he mm-hmm. wanted to marry her and they were in a long distance relationship, that yada, yada. But to Mania's question, I think the pressure is taken off a little bit because my partner isn't Hmong, but the pressure before that was, oh, why are you marrying a non-Hmong person? How are they going to love you? How are they going to, you know, who's going to bury your parents, right, when they pass? Because that's sort of the the onus is then on, you know, the brothers or, or, or the, the son-in-law. What? It's always on the brothers. Yeah. We don't have but, any responsibility to bury our parents. They don't want us to bury them. We're actually outsiders. Right. After we yeah, they don't want us to bury them. But then, of course, I feel some, you know, guilt, or not guilt, but uh, responsibility, right? To, <laughs> responsibility. Yeah, to, and yeah. so, and I, I actually talked with my mom about this um, this past summer when, I, when we went on mm. our trip, and I was like, Mom, like, would you be okay if, you know, me and like my siblings never ha- didn't have a bride price? I asked my mom this and she was like, you know, of course, like whatever you guys decide, we just want you guys to be happy at the end of the day. Yes. Yeah, so you look at that progression. And That's what I'm talking about. Many years yeah. of, of yes, pushing yeah. and, you know, chipping away at this. Like, cause I really don't think if we were, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, maybe it, it would. But also, I think because my partner is not Hmong, she said that. But if my partner was Hmong, I think it, it would be different. 
I, I can't. No, she would want I mean, to like, break rice, I think. I think my mom would want to like, break I think, rice. I don't Do you mean, I love so, I think that, like, even my mom, who's very so traditional, my mom's like an orphan, too, so very, very mm-hmm. traditional with my sister. But, you know, I mean, like I said, when I started dating, my parents have honestly sat me down and was like, hey, just married somebody who right. loves mm-hmm. you. I never thought in my life that I would ever hear that but Mm -hmm. it happened you know Mm -hmm. because they can look back on their life and they can reflect all the wrongs that were done to them and they don't want that on us Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm saying i mean like these are generations of change that's happening you know and i have no doubt that my home community will get to that point to where like we're all you know i totally agree Katie. and so i think for me yeah it's it's a little bit it's a it's big things and small things right i mean yeah like not having the bright price but then doing, you know, because if because some people would ask, well, if you're not going to have the bar price, why are you going to have the, the you know, the meal in or whatever? Right. Like, I, I think you tell them to talk to me. Be like, OK, yeah, for you be like, OK, so it's like, but I support you not having a bar yeah. price because that represents right. you and that's your authentic self. Yeah. And it's like if that's how you want to be, then portray you because this is who you want to represent when you go into this union, you know? And I think I respect that. I mean, everybody has their own reasons for getting married and how they want to get married. And that's yeah. your moment and no one should define that for you. And, you know, regardless <laughs> of anything else, like I said, if people have issues, but like, hey, I know somebody who would love to talk to yeah. you. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, and like, I guess, I, yeah. I've just been so lucky that, uh, that like, I ha- never had issues, and my in-laws, yeah. they love me. No, they that's accept true. Me. They, love me like they love me like I'm a daughter, like a real actual daughter, not a daughter-in-law. Yeah. Like, I have the best relationship with all my in-laws. I and, and so, you know, so it's like... To, to Katie's it. point, my parents are also very progressive, and I think Liz and I, other siblings, are very blessed and very lucky, very fortunate to have that upbringing. But despite all that, obviously, there were still so many traditional things that we grew up with. And the way I resisted mm-hmm. patriarchy, I think, is just fucking breaking the norms dude you know like not wanting because we are already statistics like Mm -hmm. not wanting to be another statistic you know like not marrying young early not having kids early moving away from home and living with my non-mong partner without being married to him with the chance of possibly you know coming back home because you know what things happen right and and so i think for me it's it's always been those big things and always just pushing against my parents, my culture, whatever, regardless if they supported me or not. But I mean, thankfully, my parents have always mm-hmm. been really supportive. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's just those things, right? Just pushing the boundaries. I like just, whatever happens, I just feel confident enough in myself and in my decisions that I will own, you know, every success and every mistake that I have. And I, I, I think for me, ultimately, also just hoping that I can impart that same empowerment to every other Hmong girl for them to feel like they can make their own decisions regardless of their parents support mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I, yeah, I mean, and I want to wrap up this so we can like, you know, conclude, but like Liz, like you never, like, I, I think just for you, like, I don't know how do you feel? Like if you feel different. Like, do you feel it's a pressure to have the right price? Um, Cause you're the yeah, oldest think, of the family, so oldest daughter and the oldest. I, I'm the oldest in the family. For me, like I kind of came of age at a time when my older cousins who were like my older sisters, um, like got married. And, uh, for me, like I've always been like, Oh, like, I wonder what my bride price will be because mm-hmm. I'm going to go to college. So I was never like, I'm rebellious against this. Although I will say I did write a letter to the editor once in Hmong times mm-hmm. when, um, there was a bill proposed to um, allow Hmong Mekong to fill out marriage licenses in Minnesota because there were a lot of Hmong folks who were married in the traditional sense, but they were not married legally. And so like their tax filings were incorrect. I guess that was like the impetus or whatever. So the way to resolve that, right, is to allow, quote unquote, religious cultural leaders like the Hmong Mekong to fill out marriage licenses because that happens for, you know, a lot of people, right, at churches, you know, um, maybe rabbis and stuff when they do weddings. And I wrote a letter to the editor saying, this is awful because, like, you know, Hmong women, like, have no power in, like, our culture and, like, da-da-da. But even though I wrote that, like, I was I, – I thought it was a given um, to have a bride price because, again, like – I think we need to make the distinction. It is not my wharf. I used to think that because, again, mm. I misunderstood my own culture, right? Because, yeah. like, we just don't have the luxury of, you know, like, learning about our culture every week. And, again, disruption by war and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I think our lives will also be really different um, if we didn't we were not refugees and stuff. But, I mean, to the point, like, I, I also misunderstood that as, like, a wharf on me. But in, like, 
researching and learning about this whole process, right? Like I was like, oh, it's like, it's actually, and it makes sense like a symbolic gesture towards my mom and dad, you know, who, who, like Monica said, we love so much. And, you know, like all of our aunties and uncles who helped raise us, right? Like that is putting a worth, um, not a worth, putting of like a value or signifying how much we value like their love and upbringing, right? And I think that is important. And I think kind of to their credit, I think that's what those Hmong folks were trying to do in the not in your soul movement. Yeah. Um, I mean, what is, I don't know if, if I know we're trying to wrap up, but you know, I also want to say, like, there's that movement of, like, the Nyako Pa movement. Yes, yes, <laughs> I don't understand that. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I, don't, I don't understand that because I was like, oh, wait, about, but isn't this – Let's talk about the mid-5,000. I was like, why are you Nyako Pa, right? Like, cause, because at one point, I know – so. Um, like we talk about parents. Trying to say that they're so awesome that they're more than, than that. that, right? But but let me my listeners. So so we talk about our parents and like Katie, like you know, you have like a mom and dad and stuff. And apparently, like um, you know, in, in my name in Mo's book, like her dad had died, right? And yeah. so I think in, in reading, like I think if her dad had been alive, things also would be different because again, our culture is really patriarchal. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was once apparently a woman who, who also a single mom. Her daughter got a PhD, and people were like talking shit about her because she asked for like 50,000 for um, her daughter. Cause she was like, well, my daughter worked really hard and she got a PhD. Shit, right. I, and that like, too. I don't know if this is like, true. Help me pay off my damn loans. Right? I'm going to marry you. This was- Just kidding. <laughs> so this, this was a huge debate in the Hmong community and people were saying shit about her, but I was like, okay, so, you know, we, we say we love our culture and stuff, but again, like, what does it mean when we have slogans like Nyako Pa and stuff and, mm. And people are like trying to be greedy or trying to be like, this is the worth of my daughter, right? Like, because I think in many ways, like, <sighs> that's the wrong way to think about it. Yeah. And that's why people are, are trying to be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm worthy. So I should be nyako pa and yeah, whatever. Well, so wait, okay. Right? So, so how do you feel about this but term? Like, I can't hear you talking I about it's you know, I what, you, what you see, but how do you actually feel about it? I have mixed feelings. So I was like, I kind of think it as like I don't really take it seriously. I kind of think uh, it is like yeah. a hashtag joke kind of funny thing. Yeah, because you know there's <laughs> out a lot. Okay, so that's uh, and you know what? Uh, actually, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's true. You know, I haven't heard of that yet, but I need to get more of this vote you know lock. But you know, well, you know, they're talking about like there's some lock. Who, who come to Hmong parties and don't know how to cut me and don't know oh, how to then, help out. I mean, like, yeah. you know, it's just because, I think, yes, I think it's funny. You know, I think it's all fun and games. Mm. You know? I don't think, like, there's a seriousness to it unless, like, I'm not seeing it, but all the posts that I've seen, I've yeah. sort of been, like, funny and serious, like, you know, and, like, it's just, like, a light thing to intake about, like, our bride prices because, hey, so, but are we perpetuating too, patriarchy okay. if we use hashtag Nyako so, right? Like, right? Like, Liz and Katie, yeah. um, just for our non monk listeners, Vo means like son in law, right? Uh, Nya son-in-law. means daughter in law, sister in law, whatever, right? Um, and I think. All right, so we just have this discussion about bride price. Are we perpetuating patriarchy if we're like, I'm, you know, hashtag Yanko no, right? Like, because I know, well, right? I think it's just, it's just like the, the not sold thing, right? I, I think when people did the Nyako pot, they were reclaiming actually, you know, their value. And, and like what Katie said, one more, women were saying that we're more than 5,000. And, uh, you know, back in the day where when the 18 clan set their, their minimum, um, they had a clause in the end that said, you know, Mongjining or whatever, they can have the choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or whatever, right? Like, do as you please. Yeah. Like, if you want to follow it, follow it. If you don't, you don't. And I think that's a really key thing to also mention. That- okay, but real question um, Do Hmong people consult the 18 Clan website when they're trying to negotiate weddings? Because no. no. it's on there because, no, they like, well, because all their clan leaders are educated in it. That's why they're part of the 18 clan. Someone from your clan is represented. Right. And that's oh, yeah, they were supposed to vote. Yeah, yeah, to the point, though, I think yeah. when women were doing that, and, and to what Katie's saying, I think they were just really trying to reclaim their value, right? But And to the vote, you know, a lot, like, I've definitely, like, all my aunts and us, we joke about how we're Nyam McDonald because we don't know, like, you know, or Nyam Burger King because we don't, like, want to wake our asses up every fucking day at 6 a.m. to go cook at someone's party. You know, we'd rather just buy food for them. And, and it, or it's just like when um, Haley Yang, um, you know, Confessions of a Lazy Hmong Woman, she talks and explores in her play about how she doesn't cook. She doesn't want to, um, you know, butcher chickens or whatever, but 
it will make money, earn money to feed the family, right? <laughs> and I think it's sort of just like that, right? Like, yes, Liz, I think in a way it is perpetuating just the idea of putting a, a dollar amount on someone or, or woman in this case, Hmong woman in this case. Um, that's really fucked up because I don't think you could ever set, you know, a, a dollar price at anybody. But on the flip side of it, yeah, we know this change is going to happen slowly. So why not just make fun of it now? And, and you know, I will gladly say, yeah, well, I'm what? gonna leave it at that. Say it. Wait, what do you <laughs> say? It. Say no, because I was gonna be like, you know, I think I'm a in between of like onya Chinese food and like onya <laughs> like like fifty thousand. Because yeah, like I think that PhD <laughs> was like fuck. I'm priceless. I, <laughs> yeah, or or whatever, right? Like, like, but if somebody I, used that on me, and I I just felt completely weird because I'm like, what the actual <laughs> hell? Like, first of all, I'm priceless, so you can't put a price <laughs> yes, on my. You can't put it on yeah. me, but I was just taken aback. Like, like what? <laughs> well, that's me. That's I mean, true. use it. You know, if you feel good about it, again, to me, again, the bright price is like, do you feel good about yourself at the end of the yeah, day? That's absolutely. what's most important, yeah. okay? Yeah. And, like, if, it, if you don't feel good about that, then say something, do something about it, right? Mm-hmm. But if you feel good and you're making a well-informed decision for yourself, then more power to you. Yeah. Okay. Empower yeah. People are also trying to give voices to, you know, like yes. their Yes, their that is true. Right? Sidebar, though, can I just say, I think the real problem and the real issues we need to have at these Hmong weddings is, why is there so much goddamn drinking? I the drinking. And, and, I'm like, I think that's what's truly killing the culture. Okay, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. That's all. <laughs> my drop. No, alcoholism is a freaking real issue in our community. It is not part of our fucking culture. And people use that to, people justify drinking as part of our culture, but it's not part of our freaking culture. Like, it's a real issue. It's a public health issue that we yeah. need to address. And also, like, for some of the people are, they're just assholes. Right, like I was, I was a green lady. I was in Nathanjoa, uh, you know, a, a maid of honor, and um, they knew I wasn't. This was for Katie's wedding, right? Or no, not Katie's. Oh, Katie's brother's wedding. It's not not your wedding, babe. Yeah, your brother's wedding. Sorry, duh. Um, and I was like, could I have been the green lady for Katie's wedding? Yeah, could not have been. Not possible. Um, no, but so they knew I was underage, and so like all the uncles, all the on were like, she can't drink. She's underage. And this guy, this asshole, was like, no, no, no. I'm not gonna let you go. This is not okay. She has to taste just a little bit. You know, her brothers can take it for her, but she has to just take just a little bit. And I was like, trash. what the actual trash? Fuck? Right, like. No, that's what I say. Okay. This is why, I mean, you know, like, our uncles have the power to, like, you know, really protect us or not, right? And I was like, okay, well, I realized that, like, my uncles are great. Um, you know, they're our brothers do, I, and they will brothers always do, right? Yes. Oh, but like, he was like, well, you guys can't go home if you if she's not going to drink this. I was like, oh my fucking god! And so, um, so did you drink it? I took a a little sip, like, because he wasn't. He's like, well, you don't have to drink wow, it. So um. But he, they're like, yeah, Liz, whatever, just, just do something. So I, I, I like, all right, we'll explore that. Yes. <laughs> but again, like, right, resisting Patrick. I mean, we clearly need like our uncles, brothers, dads to like be a part of it, right? And, and yeah, and we, we need our allies. Definitely, that's why we had to raise strong boys, strong yes. women. Yep. Yes, like, this is yes. our opportunity to change that and make it happen. But just on one last note, I just want to let everyone know who's listening, if. You're, you're worth more than what you think you are, okay? Whether it be a money value or no value or anything like that. Don't really yeah. find who you are. That really is the base of our topic here. You know, whether you choose to have it or not, just know that you're worth something to someone. And if not, at least yourself. I think that's a perfect segue, Katie. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, you know, I hope – I know we – we talked a lot today in circles and in um, specific things in relation to the buy price, but um, you know, just echoing Katie, I think the goal of today's conversation was really to impart on our listeners and the Hmong community that one, a woman's worth is not determined by her pride price or lack of pride price, right? Mm-hmm. And two, women shouldn't be shamed for choosing to have one or to not have a bright price, right? I can't speak for you know the whole not your average my podcast, but. For me, I think it's we should have the option to choose uh, because women will be judged regardless of having a five thousand bride price, a ten thousand dollar price, or you know being given away for free. Uh, so just 
I think like what my Nia was really emphasizing earlier, just we should not, we should need to stop shaming women for the choices that they make for themselves, right? Uh, we need to give that agency back to the, to, uh, the, the couple or and in this case, you know, Hmong woman. And three, in order to really achieve, you know, real equality and equity for Hmong men and women, like I think obviously the bride price is just scratching the surface. It's not the only thing that is either perpetuating, you know, the inequality or or um, contributing to it, right? Um, that the root cause of our inequities is lies deeper within the patriarchal uh, society and culture that we we practice in. And finally, you know, I think as we close this discussion and continue to talk about how we can uplift one another, like we just want folks to really think about how can we support and uplift women in an oppressive society and how do we continue to advance women's rights regardless of these patriarchal uh, practices and just think about you know how you resist patriarchy in your life and tell us in the comments or or, you know give us your feedback we want to hear from folks we really appreciate everyone uh, tuning in and chiming in and i know this is a topic that will never go away and it will always be relevant especially as you know for Hmong women so yeah thank you so much ladies for you know just being raw and being honest about your feelings because i know we all we don't all agree but i think the one thing we can agree on is that your worth is not determined by a bright price or not and so yeah stay tuned um for our next episode and i think we'll be discussing further things that dive deeper into this patriarchal society that we live in and yeah anyone else have any parting words Yes, um, I'm excited to attend all your future weddings. <laughs> and I'll report Woo! back to the Katie, we have a table. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I will come. I will come be at your table if you need to need to be, or I will talk to your aunties who don't like it or who ask you what advice. I, I I work well with old people. I was be like, oh, this Katie, we need to negotiate. Yes, it's like. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, for me, like, again, this conversation is always going to happen. And, and I think it's actually really good because it brings up other issues that are happening mm-hmm. in our community that continue to oppress Hmong women, right? And I truly feel that Hmong women cannot be free or carry out their self-determination yes. to the best of their ability until we stop yes, continuing exactly. these oppressive practices. So, that, so that's my key takeaway uh, for today's conversation. And again, like, how do we continue to resist and really build the lives that we want for ourselves, regardless of what the community expects of us as well, brothers, women. I hope you're listening. Please help us out, man. <laughs> That's right. All, I know they're out there. They're listening. And I know I have no doubt or trust. I mean, I guess I have yes. trust in them. But change is going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen, happen regardless yeah, of um, whether people are on board or not. And, and you know, j- jokingly calling out the brothers, I will say I, th- I think Hmong men are also on board. I think a lot of them are ready to change. But um, there are also a lot of folks who aren't. So yeah, that's a topic to discuss and we'll always mm-hmm. uh, come back to it. And so thanks everyone for listening, for hearing us out. Thank uh, you. Let us know your thoughts in the comments Thank and you. we'll catch you all next time. Thanks. Like Bye everybody. Subscribe. Bye.